welcome to another season of Not Your Average Joel, the podcast where we talk about a little bit of a lot, from the good to the bad and everything in between. My podcast is all about having fun, but it's also all about bringing awareness and addressing the elephants in the room that nobody wants to talk about. I hope that y'all enjoyed this episode. Not Your Average Joel starts right now. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Not Your Average Joel. And Happy New Year, by the way. I know it's been a while since I've seen everybody. Last time I saw everybody, it was uh, right before Christmas time. So I hope that everybody had an amazing Christmas, a good Happy New Year, and I hope that everybody's new year is starting off great. Um, I know by the time y'all see this, it's going to be Valentine's Day. So I guess Happy Valentine's Day to all of y'all out there. and. Hope y'all have an amazing day with your loved ones. So uh, today we are starting off season five strong. Uh, We have an amazing guest. Of course, she does not need no introduction, really, because she's been on here many, many times. And I love getting to have her on here uh, because we just talk about so many good topics. And today is going to be another great topic. So I definitely want to welcome back Caitlin to the channel. It's always so good to have her. And it's a great way to a good guest to start on season five. So welcome back and thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I always enjoy being here. I'm glad you asked me to come back. Yes, absolutely. I definitely love getting to have you here. And also I wish that even though it's cold right now, but at some point I'm like wishing that we can do one there at the lake again, at Shadow Lake. Um, I love when we get to go there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I went out there earlier after church and it was just so cold. I was like, absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. With that lake and that wind, it's like, oh, like, nope, no thanks. Cold today. (laughs) Yeah, a little too cold. So uh, I'm sure everybody's wondering what the topic is about, but I'm sure y'all could see it on on the title uh, as you're watching it on YouTube or any of the uh, podcast streaming platforms. But I do want to give y'all a quick couple of updates right quick um things that are happening with my podcast channel so i do want to mention that at one point i was having some of my clips on tiktok but i actually decided after some consideration that that i didn't really have time to do all the editing for tiktok because you had to cut it down to a certain amount and sometimes just that little amount isn't enough in my opinion so i just decided just to completely get rid of the tiktok you know uh page for my podcast so i'm not even going to worry about doing tiktoks but i do have something that i'm putting in place of that which is a website actually so it's still in the works i haven't fully completed it but by the time y'all watch this it will be complete uh, here in the next couple of weeks. So once uh, once this episode ends, you'll hear the outro, like where I thank y'all for listening to the podcast and all of that. And you'll hear the website's name on there. Uh, so definitely stay tuned for that. So no TikTok, but we got the website in. So And also one other thing that I was going to mention, I uh, was going to have this happen earlier for me was I was going to have more pictures on my wall back here, but I accidentally printed out the wrong size photos uh, that I was going to add to my travel wall. So uh, maybe next episode, y'all will see more photos behind me and I uh, guess see where all I've traveled to. So especially uh, these new ones that are going to be on my wall is from 2023. So I think that's about all the updates that I have. So I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all about today's topic of the day. And that is on family. So there are two big reasons why I want to talk about family. Uh, For one, today, right now for us, is not Valentine's Day. But for y'all, when y'all watch this, it's going to be Valentine's Day. And when I think about Valentine's Day, I think about like love and stuff like that. And since I don't have a spouse, you know, right now to kind of celebrate Valentine's Day with, my family takes that place as of right now. So, you know, I definitely wanted to bring uh, something in relation to like love and stuff like that since it is Valentine's Day. And then another reason why why I wanted to talk about uh, families is because we know that Satan is the God of confusion, little G God, the Satan, uh, the God of confusion. And he likes to bring division among many people like, you know, 
in the sinful world, there's a lot of division when it comes to things like politics and like religion and gender and, and sadly even race. And those are just a few things among many things that um, Satan tries to bring division amongst people. And of course, Satan loves to go after the families and so much so that I was doing some research and some uh, statistics like looking up uh, facts about families and some of the stuff that I saw were, were pretty sad when you think about it in reality. So before I tell you all those statistics, you know, of course, we know that God is against division when it comes to families and well, really or against anyone at all. But especially with families, um, because we know like in the word of God, like in Exodus 20, you know, we see about the Ten Commandments. We see about honoring your father and your mother. And then also we see in like Proverbs about train up your child in the child, like train up a child in the way that he or she should go. So like those are big things. And then another verse stuck out to me and I actually have it over here. It's Proverbs 15, 20. And it says, a wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish man despises his mother. So I think that just flat out basically is clearly pointed out that like God is a against division. He doesn't want anybody to, to hate his father or mother in that way to where it, it completely goes against like what, what God is, which is love. So, you know, and if we are, uh, you know, if we are to be like God and we are to be more like Christ and, you know, I think hate should never even be uh, something that we should practice at all. So, uh, so kind of going to these statistics uh, is, you know, like I said, I only have a few statistics, but it's a pretty, I guess, sad when you think about it. So this first one is according to childstats.gov, it says only 65% of children under 18 have lived with both parents in here in the U.S. So just to think about that, if you do the math, that's that's 35% of children that are under the age of 18 that has been in a broken home basically whether they've had a single mother or father or even um like just a single legal guardian like maybe a grandparent so just to think that 65 even though that is a big number out of 100 35 percent of children that's millions of children out there that that don't have the the luxury that some of us have you know that have both parents in our lives and that you know we've been able to to grow up with both of our parents. So uh, that's a sad reality when you think about that. And then, you know, a lot of that, of course, could be due to divorce, uh, which uh, another statistic that I see, uh, according to divorce.com, it says that the United States has the sixth highest divorce rate in the world with 40 to 50% of married couples filing for a divorce. So if you if we're using that number 50, it just makes me think of that basically one out of every other married couple is going to get a divorce at some point. And, and that's really sad. And to me, what was even more shocking is that the United States is the sixth highest divorce. So I'm considering like wondering what are the other five? Like it, it's gotta be terrible. Like in other areas for, you know, just divorce to just be, such a, a major thing and and i'm sure that you know many people that are listening to this or you know even caitlin even myself we know people that have grown up in a single parent home so it's sad when you think about all of that and the last statistic that i have is according to forbes.com it actually says the number reason the number one reason for divorce is actually not due to infidelity it's actually due to lack of commitment which I can, it, it makes sense in a way, you know, to me, I, I, at first when I read it, I was kind of shocked because I was thinking, oh, it's got to be infidelity, cheating, you know, all of that. But it was actually uh, just lack of commitment. Just people just don't care anymore. They're just willing to give up at any moment over very little things. Uh, what you think was a small argument can lead to you going into court, you know, ready to divorce your spouse. And it's just sad when you think about it. And I know that, you know, there's only like uh, 
you know, adultery is definitely a big part, you know, it's biblical reason to get a divorce, but, you know, Satan likes to justify, you know, uh, he likes to embrace divorce. You know, he wants people to give up and, and that's, you know, where I see a, you know, one out of every other couple, you know, ends up getting a divorce, which kind of actually leads me to my first question that I want to ask Caitlin. And of course I want to give uh, input myself. But my first question is, why do you feel like Satan is so determined to divide families? Because it leaves us vulnerable. Um, we God made us as creatures who need other people. We need that community. We need that fellowship. We need that. Um, we need those relationships. He made us that way. He made us so that we would need a relationship with him and we would need a relationship with other people. I mean, when God made Adam, he saw that it wasn't good for Adam to be alone. I mean, he said that in, in, the, in the beginning, he, in Genesis 1, he said that it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper. And he made Eve. Um, as we all know, Eve was was formed beginning with the rib that he took out of out of Adam's chest. And that's, that's where Eve came from. Um, he used the dust and the clay and that rib to form her. But she was made so that Adam wouldn't be alone. We're not meant to be alone, whether it be in relationships with family members, whether it be in relationships with romantic partners, whether it be um, relationships with um, people we go to church with. We're not meant to to be alone. Um, now, I understand that there are some people who are more like more um, introverted, don't like to be around a lot of people but they still have their relationships. They still have people that they communicate with, that they talk with. It keeps you from being as vulnerable as when you're by yourself. Like I know that I, um, I'm more likely to be tempted to commit a sin in one way or another when I'm by myself. You know, that's one thing um, about when I, one of these days I will be living by myself unless God gives me a husband. When I finish grad school and move out of my parents' house, I'll be living by myself. And it leaves being alone and not having community, it, it it leaves off accountability. If there's nobody around to hold you accountable, then um then you're susceptible to the devil's antics. Um, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, well, Jesus was by himself and he was able to fight off the devil. Jesus is God. Jesus was able to do that because he was God. We can fight off the devil when we have God. I'm not saying that, you know, we have to have other people to fight off the devil, but I'm saying that God uses the people around us to remind us who he is, remind us what he has done, remind us of of what he expects from us to encourage us, to love us, to admonish us when we need it. And he, he starts that with family. He gives us other people along the way too, but that starts with family, your parents. And it's one thing that we see in the school nowadays Parents aren't acting as disciplinarians anymore. They want to be their their kid's friend. And I'm like, that's how you raise a, 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 and I say raise lightly because they're not really raising them, but that's where children who think that they can get away with anything, that's where adults who think they can get away with anything come from. It comes from lack of discipline in the home. Um, thankfully, I was raised by parents who believed in discipline. And I know that my choices have consequences because of my parents. You're not just telling a child, oh, don't do this. You're going to get in trouble. It also sets you up to realize that later on in life, you're going to get in trouble, whether it be by a boss, by police, by somebody in in authority, an authority figure. You're going to get in trouble if you do something wrong or if you do something um, against the law or if you do something to hurt somebody else, you're going to get in trouble for that. Um, And I think that family is really important for that because family, um, it's us. I don't want to say a soft discipline, but like if you learn young that you have family and um, that you have these people who love you enough to tell you when you're wrong, then later on in life, you'll be able to revert back to these people. And now I understand not everybody has the same kind of family like I was blessed to be raised with. I was raised in a family that was very loving, um, is very encouraging. Um, we were always there. I was raised that family was the most important thing, um, which is almost true. It should be God first and then mm-hmm. family right here. And I understand that. Um, 
But growing up, I was taught family is the most important thing. Family is the most important thing. So when it comes down to it, I know if I can't depend on anybody else on this earth, not God, obviously, but if I can't depend on anybody else on this earth, then I have my family. I have God and I have my family, you know, and um, I have my parents. I have my sister. I have my Aunt Lynn. Um, I have other aunts and uncles and um, my grandmothers and my great grandmother, you know, like I have them here to love me and to encourage me and to be there for me when I need them. Um, but I think it, it, I think it's really most important to have family around you, to have people around you like that, because it keeps you from being as vulnerable to the devil. Mm. Yeah. I, I love that. That key word vulnerability is like huge in this, because like you said, whenever we are separated from others, like you said, more than likely, and of course we have God that will give us strength through those moments when we're alone. But at the same time, we are more than likely. I can definitely, uh, you know, attest and, you know, admit that there are times where I've been alone and that's more than likely where I would consider falling into sin or actually fall into the sin. And it's because there is no, like you said, accountability there and there's nobody there to, you know, back you up, you know, or like to hold you accountable and to tell you like, Hey, this probably isn't the best thing to do right now. Like if you do this, it's going to lead to regret. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's definitely, I love that you brought that up and like uh, to add on to some of that, you know, there's that quote that, you know, it's, this goes something along the words of like home is where the heart is. And like, uh, you know, and I think of how Satan is after our hearts. Like, of course, our hearts, you know, as a Christ follower, we long for Jesus. But like there are times where Satan will try to get into your head and then he's going to try to go for the heart, which is the most important part. And I feel like when, you know, whenever you fight or argue with a stranger, it, it doesn't feel good, but it doesn't but it doesn't sting as bad as it is whenever you're fighting or arguing with a family member. I feel like whenever that um, fighting happens between family members, it, it hurts worse and, and it makes it to me more of a bigger deal. Like definitely for me, it's like mentally, emotionally affects me. And, you know, even physically, like I get all like shaky and, uh, and even, I mean, I'm really just not a confrontational person in general, but whenever it's especially with family, that's where like it really hits. And then, uh, like I said, whenever that, uh, that tension or that division happens, that's where the, the enemy will try to come in and try to kick you while you're down and try to like put all of these things in your head and try to even give you bad thoughts about that person, maybe that you got into an argument with. So I feel like it just, um, Satan wants you to have focus on everything but God. And, and if he can use a family member, maybe a small, it could have been a small argument over like who, who used the last of the, paper towels and didn't put a new one on the rack you know it could be something like that and you know it starts off like you start arguing about it and then all of a sudden like these thoughts come in out of nowhere and then you feel like you end up saying stuff that you regret like it becomes a bigger deal than just paper towels at that point it becomes more about oh you've done me wrong in this way you've always done this you've always uh, lied about this and it just it brings a lot of tension. So I feel like, yeah, the enemy will just do anything that he can to, to make you focused on anything but the Lord because he wants to see, because he knows that the word of God, you know, it says about unification and being unified and the come together. And of course, the love is like huge in the word of God. And, you know, anything that that is against that, you know, of course he is, ready to throw that in our heads and our hearts. So I feel like yeah, once he hits the heart uh, and like hits, hits where it hurts, like that's where uh, that vulnerability comes in. And that's where sometimes we do fall into getting off that path uh, to where we should be, even if we don't fall, fully fall off the path with the Lord, but like we are kind of slowly diverting off of the path and like it just, and eventually, if we don't catch it early on, it's going to really uh, make things worse to where you could be super far off. But one good news about that is at least 
it's never too late to give your life back to Jesus. And it's never too late to make things right with someone. But at the same time, just seeing how far you go, um, how far you are from God, it can be, it can be crazy. And it can be just, uh, you know, like, I guess I think about the example that I've heard at church before. Like my pastor brought up this analogy, I guess, to like, you know, sometimes you're in the water at the beach and like you're laying in maybe one of those nice, like comfy inner tubes and you're just like floating and floating. And then all of a sudden you're laying there just for five minutes and you look up and like the condo where you're staying is like a mile away. And it's like, that's kind of where it could be with this situation. If you, if you let it happen, if you let tension and bitterness and, and especially with families, that is definitely not a, it's a recipe for disaster. That's for sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and then uh, like something else that I was thinking of is uh, I came up upon like a verse in First Timothy in chapter three. Um, it's verses four and five. Uh, verse four it says that he must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. And then verse five says. If someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for the church? And I kind of going back to what we've been talking about, like with the quote about home is where the heart is. And then as well as like the whole idea of accountability and discipline. Um, I think that, you know, whenever I, I think about the example, and I'm sure that many people have heard this example before. But like some people, like parents will just like drop their kids off at church and expect the church to teach them like about God. But like in reality, all of the the hard work should be done at home. Like it as yeah, like as parents, we should, you know, well, I'm not a parent, but like as parents, yeah. you should be willing to to instill the word of God into your children. And when you're not doing that and you're just fully letting someone else do that. It, it makes it to where the kids not probably not going to be as receptive or as as willing to listen. And even like Caitlin was mentioning about like teachers, like if you're not going to instill stuff like, you know, respect authority, res you know, respect your teachers and just listen, you know, don't be talking in class and stuff like that. And then, you know, nowadays, like she was saying, uh, nowadays it's almost like there's no getting on to your kid to like, you know, do better in school. It's more of, I'm here to defend my kid. What are you doing wrong? Not what's my kid doing wrong. And mm -hmm. it's a sad reality. And, and that's kind of why I wanted to talk about this whole family situation, because the whole structure of family is being corrupted little by little to where it's now gotten to a point to where things are just different, even from when we were kids i mean like that was not too long ago when we were kids i mean like i was i mean i'm 30 now so like even if i consider myself a kid under 18 that was only like 12 years ago like and yeah. just to think about how i feel like there used to be a level of respect for authority for your teacher for your boss nowadays but now i feel like we've gotten so entitled and feel like everything is like, basically we, whatever we say goes like the kids are the boss of the parents now. And it's just, it's just so backwards. And we, and that's why I like to talk about topics like this because it's time to, it's almost like this is the elephant in the room and it's time to address the elephant in the room. And this is um, definitely where I wanted to make it, known that you know of course this is all part of satan's plan and mm -hmm. you know and i hope that this helps out a family one by one <laughs> i mean it's easy to ensnare um children more than it is adults but when adults aren't raised and or when children aren't raised they turn or raised correctly they turn into adults who struggle with these things they struggle i mean you see it all the time on the news of people and and i'm not trying to judge men at all but a lot of time it tends to be more men and it's because like the family structure has been broken down where there's a lot of families don't have a man in the home and so mm -hmm. the men get out there and they've had no no example of what a man should be like and the next thing you know you've got them out on the road or out on the streets and they're doing 
they're doing drugs or they're becoming alcoholics or or they're um they don't know how to treat women respectfully or they don't know how to treat other people respectfully and they have no respect for authority figures like police and that's how that's part of how people end up getting killed by police is because they're not respecting those police officers and it all starts at home with the family dynamic what is that family dynamic the importance of family is so much more than just in childhood it affects some, someone's whole life it starts at every it all starts at home it all stems from home it all has a root in the home i understand that there are different circumstances there are different things you know there might be some kids who are raised in a two-parent home and, and it's a great home it's a, it's a great home great situation and the child gets in um gets into drugs or in the wrong friend group and gets into drugs or something and and you know that affects their life i understand that there are different situations but most of the time those things come out of homes that either don't have both parents or they have both parents but the parents are abusive to each other or to the children um, and I'm not talking about physically abusive. I'm talking about ver verbally abusive. I'm talking about emotionally abusive, um, mentally abusive, all of that. If there is not a good dynamic, a good relationship between a husband and wife, it affects their their children. If there's not two parents in the home, and if there's not a good relationship between those two parents, it affects the children, period, whether people want to admit it or not. And it affects those children all the way through the rest of their life. Now, sure, those kids... There are opportunities for those kids to to say, I'm not going to let how I was raised or I'm not going to let my past define the rest of my life. But not all kids and not all kids that, that have been in those situations are going to have the mental stamina to be able to do that when they get older. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and one thing to kind of add on to that is. I do, I do agree, like, when it comes to, like, the whole, like, disobedience and, like, no respect for authority, I, I do see where it is a lot more men that do it than women, and a lot of it is because there is usually no uh, father figure that is in the home, so, and not that women can't do what men can do, but there are some things that, like, that a father could teach, you know, well more you know, maybe they're more well-versed in a certain area than women. So it, it can be, you know, it could be anything. Like you so said, it could be how to re respect your wife. It could be how to provide for your family. And, you know, it could be so many different situations with that. And when there's no father figure there, you know, they have to just go based off what what they see through their their mom. And if, you know, she's not teaching how a man should act, because she isn't a man, like she can only talk from a female's perspective, it may be harder for them to grasp, and it just makes them create their own definition of oh, like this is how this is how you treat a woman is no respect for them, you know, just treat them like they're just a piece of meat, and you know, just all all kind of different uh, scenarios out of that. So I do feel like a lot of it does a lot of the issues do come from people with with like single parent homes. And, and it seems like most of the time, there are times when I'm sure that there is a, a single father household, but it seems like most of the time it is primarily a single mother that is trying to raise her sons in this society. And, and in it, usually long-term it backfires, you know, to where they, because I didn't have a male figure in our life when another male figure, like a teacher, a principal, a police officer kind of tries to, you know, tell them to do something. They're more defiant just because they're thinking like, Oh, you're not, you're not my dad. I, I don't have to listen to what you have to say. And, and you know, that it just, there's no level of respect there anymore. And, and, you know, like I said, mo mothers can do like can teach all of that. But whenever you hear it from, whenever a son hears it from his father, it hits different like than, than hearing it from his mother. And I feel like that's, uh, that's the key thing to me is like just seeing that a lot of this comes from broken homes or like you said, um, from people that 
maybe have both parents, but like their parents may be always talking down to them, you know, making them feel like they're worthless and just um, in a way, just they're never their biggest cheerleader. They're always their, they're their biggest critic and like, they're just ready to take them down. And, uh, and unfortunately that's reality for a lot of people, a lot of kids out there, even in that 65% that I mentioned that have both parents and may not always be, you know, rainbows and, you know, cotton candy and stuff like that. It may not always be um, great moments. It, it, those could even be terrible moments. And I'm even uh, like, I guess, curious of out of that 65% that have both parents, like how much of that is like a healthy level of like a good relationship with both parents, because it, it could very well maybe a lot less, you know, it could be a big number where there's like a, a broken or a strange relationship with a parent to where by the time they turn 18 they they want like nothing to do with that parent and and that's often that I, something that i see nowadays too where many young people i feel like they they just cut off their parents like just like that like there's no emotional attachment there they're just willing to to just cut them off and sometimes it can be for the good if they're like a very toxic person but then sometimes it could be just because they it could be really any reason so i can't even really think of a good reason but like it just it, it's just sad just the whole point of like having an estranged parent and like i couldn't even imagine myself like going years without talking to either of my parents that would just be hard to handle oh yeah i completely agree with you i do want to clarify um i i'm not i'm not saying that single mother and i'm not saying it's just men and boys like i believe that the same can be said for girls who are raised without mothers and they don't they don't know how to act it's just women tend to be more emotional so you find women more in um situations of depression anxiety and stuff like that when they're in these situations where men tend to act out more in physical ways and stuff like that so like i understand that you know if a if a child is raised without a mother or a child is raised without a father, there are consequences on both sides of it. And I think that, um, I think that as you were saying, like the, the stuff that children deal with, um, and, and, and that might be why later on in life, like if a child's raised in a home with only one parent and it's not the best relationship too, when they get 18 or when they get 20 or whenever they get out of the house, they may be estranged from their parent. Um, I actually know someone who was raised in a single, um, single parent home and she no longer speaks to her mother. And it's because the mother had so many frustrations of being a single parent and she was doing it all by herself that her, she took her frustrations out on her children. And now my friend, her siblings will talk to her mom, but she refuses and she, you know, she said, she has said before that the reason why she has so many issues in relationships is because of the way her mother was. And her mother made her so insecure and made her question her worth. And now she can't, you know, for the longest time, she sought that completion through someone else. And she realized that she could only be completed through Jesus, but it still has done a lot of damage with her. And she doesn't date or anything because of that. Yeah, because there's so many years upon years of like emotional damage that needs to be cleaned up. And and like I said, I'm glad that she knows her identity, like her identity in Christ. But like, so there's a lot of work, I'm sure, that needs to be done on that end of things because you know, for years she's been you know torn down and like frustration like you said has been taken out on her so it's it's unfortunate when you hear about stories like that because it it is a sad reality and i just can't even um, imagine a life like that which is why you know i guess i i feel blessed knowing that like i grew up like you like in a family where like we're close-knitted and like you know there's love there there's never been no like this hatred or this like I'm going to basically tear down my children and make them feel worthless and and you know I just can't even imagine like something like that but that's that's why I do these kind of episodes is because like it's 
it's a learning experience for me to see that like outside of my little bubble that there is a reality in a world where people have a terrible relationship with their parents and they're even when they're even kids out there right now that are being like verbally abused by their parents and it's just it's just a, a terrible thought to think of i i just can't imagine you know even doing that to like my future children but it's just it's just unfortunate but yeah, yeah it's reality yeah you're right So um, I do kind of want to lighten the mood a little bit. So I kind of want to go into this next question. And my next question is this. I feel like many people can define the word family differently nowadays. So I guess my next question is this. Um, would you consider people who aren't blood related to you as family? Oh, absolutely. I have many siblings who are not real siblings. I have one sister who's a blood sister and the rest of them that I call my sisters or my brothers, like I have brothers and sisters, aunts, uncles, you know, people who I'm like, oh, that's my cousin. And like, I just know them from where I work, you know, stuff like that. Like I, I have plenty of family members, but then I also have my church family and my choir family. And like, I think that that is family of a different of a different respect but I mean it's still family um the choir the like I spend more time with those people than I do like my real family <laughs> um like my choir family and I do call them my choir family like we are legitimately like a family I spend more time with them than I do most of my blood family and I like when I go more than one or two you know and I'm not talking about one or two weeks I'm talking about one or two services like if I miss Wednesday I'm like, I cannot miss Sunday. I miss my people. Or if I miss Sunday, I'm like, I cannot miss Wednesday. I miss my people. Um, you know, I was more devastated during COVID um, when our church went on a, went all online for, um, I want to say it was like six weeks, six Sundays, but it was like seven weeks or whatever. And um, I went, like I was by the, by the end of that, that other week like I was just um I was I was just tired of it like I needed I needed people I needed my church family in my life and I um I needed my church family in my life and stuff and I didn't have that um but once that started back it was so much better for me it was so much like I just I miss those people they are my family and I love them you know does that make sense Yeah, yeah, it definitely makes a lot of sense to me. And I definitely agree with your answer that I feel like there's, I, I feel like there's different versions of families out there. Of course, there's that, you know, blood family. And, you know, you hear that uh, quote that like, you can't choose your family, which in a way is true when you think about, you know, of course, your blood relatives, you know, I can't choose who my, who my dad and who my mom is, and you can't either. But like, but we can choose friends that we've been friends with for a long time or like you said uh your church family that you can you know that you have in your life to consider as family as well and then on top of that whenever you think of like the whole like when i if you kind of expand on that i'm thinking about like brothers and sisters in christ as well like i think of that as like family like a you know in the body of christ of fellow believers you know i consider I consider you family because, you know, you're a fellow sister in Christ. So, you know, I think of, you know, you as family. I think of, you know, many people that have been on this podcast that aren't blood related as family because uh, they all are fellow believers as well. So, you know, I consider, you know, everybody, you know, church, you know, that's in my family, you know, I consider, of course, my family is my family, you know, my close friends that I've been friends with for years upon years, And, you know, so I definitely agree with you that I feel like you can choose people um, as, you know, that you're friends with and they can be uh, some people like you said that like some of my friends, I may see more than I see much, some of my actual family, like some of my family, I may just see Easter and Thanksgiving and that's about it. Some people I don't even see until like a big event, like a wedding or, or unfortunately a funeral, like it just seems like you see 
some of your friends more often to where they are more closer, you're more closer to them than to some of your family. So I definitely agree with that as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I definitely, uh, I like that, you know, that, you know, there's a different ways of defining family nowadays because, you know, people like to think of like the standard family of like your, your parents, your siblings and people that are blood related to you. But, but I mean, I'm sure most people knew that there's, there's ways that you can expound on that definition. And like, I feel like as long as it's someone that you feel, you feel at home with, you feel close to. and that you feel is, you know, someone that you truly care about and, you know, want to see the best for, just like you would for your blood family. I feel like if you apply those same rules, well, not rules, but if you apply that same kind of actions towards those people, I definitely see it as uh, that they are family too. Yep. Yep. I agree. So... So I guess moving on into my next question, um, I think of like, there's always someone in the family, I call them the glue of the family. And I'm sure you've heard of that phrase too. So my next question is this, it's kind of a two-parter, um, depending on how you answer the first question. So do you feel like you are the glue to your family that keeps everyone together? But if not, um, is there someone else in your family that you feel like is that glue to your family? Oh, yeah. Um, it's not me. <laughs> I'm not because there's sometimes when I'm like, I don't feel like dealing with you and your crap, no matter what's going on in your life. Um, or not, no matter what's going on in my life, I just don't feel like dealing with your crap. But um, that being said, um, I would say on my mom's side of the family, that glue would definitely be my Aunt Lynn. Um, she makes sure that we get together for my Aunt Lynn and my mom are probably the two because like, My alien gets this stuff together and my mom provides the house for everybody to get together in. So it's like a twofer because um, without my Aunt Lynn doing all the cooking and stuff, I don't know that we would get together. And without my mom providing the house, I don't know that we would get together um, and spend time together. But I mean, we get together for a lot of things, a lot more than just a lot more than just birthdays and Christmas and Thanksgiving and stuff like that. Like we get together for football games. We get together um, for game night sometimes. And stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I would say that it would definitely be my mom and my Aunt Lynn. Okay, yeah, I actually have a quick question. When you mentioned mentioned about your aunt, is this the same aunt that does uh, this the one about the Jolly Santa? Yes. <laughs> Yes. yeah, did Yes. y'all do that this year? By the way, We didn't. And we thought about it late that night after everybody had left. And I was so sad Because it's the first year, like, it was just, we didn't have any new people this year. And so, like, the ones, like, Erica said that she thought about it, but she didn't suggest it because we didn't have any new people. And we were like, hold up. We do it every year whether we have new people or not. We've just had new people in the family so many years, in the, so many years past, that it has always been the new people that has been helping with it. But, yeah, so it was really sad, but we'll be doing it next year no matter if we got anybody new or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know sorry i brought that up i was just thinking hold on this is probably the same aunt that, that you know does the job santa is yeah, that i love that <laughs> yeah so i was thinking yeah this she's got to be the one because like she's the one leading the way and, um you know like she'll sing the part and then y'all all sing it back to her or like she'll ask the question and it's like yes he has uh something like boots or something Yeah, the bright red suit. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm glad to hear that you have more than one glue to the family and and they they serve their purposes. Like there's a reason why that they are the glue to the family. But I, before I even answer the question, I kind of have a follow up question. Do you feel like if you were the glue to the family, do you feel like that there would be like some kind of like some type of pressure to be in the glue to the family? Oh, absolutely. It's a big responsibility, which is why I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to be real. Um, But yeah, I think it is because like you have to, uh, especially my mom's side of the family, that's so big. Um, You have to relay all the information to the people that, um, the people in the family, like all the people in the family, make sure everybody knows when we're getting together, what we're doing, um, 
who's cooking you come up to you know Aunt Lynn and mom will get together and talk about who's cooking what and who's bringing what and we can get these people to bring drinks we can get these people to bring um a dessert and this person can bring this and this person can bring this and Aunt Lynn's gonna bring this because it's what she always brings and because Aunt Lynn provides most of the food and mom's gonna make sure the house is clean and and that the park and you know dad's gonna make sure that the parking is good and um we're gonna make sure that we got plenty of seats and um dad's gonna cook this but yes, I would not want to have that responsibility. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, um, I could see that in a way, you know, how there is a lot of pressure to it, because, like, without you, like, would the family divide, possibly, like, you know, if you're the glue, and you just stop doing things, and you stop holding events, like, will the family dynamic be different, so I could definitely see where there that that pressure, but I guess to answer the question myself, um, I guess kind of going back to your, like, like, you know, with schooling and all, I, I thought about like back in the day, like you remember whenever our school supplies used to be like that Elmer's glue, like the, the white glue. And yeah. And, uh, and like at first it doesn't get sticky. It's like really white and like liquidy and then it kind of hardens up. So I, I'm going to use this analogy right quick and say that I feel like I'm, I'm one of the Elmer glues in our family, like <laughs> to where, um, we are a part of like trying to help like make family events and sporting events like happen and stuff like that. But I feel like the super glue is my mom. Like I feel like she's the one that keeps us all together and, you know, makes it, uh, makes everything happen. And I feel like without her, that's why like back in 2019, it was hard for me whenever she was going through colon cancer, because I felt like without her, it's like that when that super glue is gone, like, someone is someone going to pick up the pieces or are we just going to be like divided but i feel like there are many elmer glues in the group to where like they are we're able to keep some of us together but i don't know if we would be able to manage getting all of our family together it may be a little bit more divisive yeah. sadly but not out of hatred or anger or nothing like that just more out of maybe maybe we just all have something in common other than the fact that maybe we all love Christmas and like we maybe get together for Christmas and that's about it. But, but outside of that, yeah, I feel like there's, I would say that I'm of somewhat of a glue, but not the main glue. So, <laughs> yeah. So I guess um, before we finish up this, I do have one more final question and this is one I feel like we can get through pretty briefly. So uh, the final question is this. Um, whenever someone is asked what they're thankful for, most people would say their family. So why are you thankful for your family? I mean, I think it's a lot that we've already covered. Um, I'm thankful for the structure. I'm thankful for the discipline. I'm thankful for the encouragement. I'm thankful that I've had people who have, have been there. I've been put in these, um, in, in these places with these people and, and they encourage me when there's no one else there. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I have um, parents who are still together. I'm thankful that I have parents who, even though we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, um, we see eye to eye on the main things. Um, I'm thankful that I have a big family. You know, I'm thankful for the people who are the, the glue to our family. And I'm thankful for the ones who aren't the glue, the ones who come because without those other ones it don't matter if you got glue or not you know um so I'm thankful I'm thankful that at 31 years old I still have my great-grandmother who is going to be 93 in a few days um by the time this video is by the, by the time this podcast is um is released she'll have already turned 93 and um I still have my aunt Lynn and I still have both my grandmothers and um and, and I mean I might not see eye to eye with all of my family members but I have a lot of them and I'm very thankful for that. I'm I'm thankful that God has allowed me these people that have helped turn me into who I am today. And I know without any of them in my life and without any of the things that we've gone through in my life that I wouldn't be who I am today. They made me me and I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I love that. And I, I definitely, you know, agree with everything that you said, because like with me as well, like with my family, they've brought me through a lot of hard stuff, you know, things that whether I'm personally going through, whether we've all went through something together, like with my mom, for example, like we all came stronger together. 
in that way and like you know supported one another and embraced one another so i feel like definitely you know being there for each other and them making me who i am today as well like you know from when i was a kid whether i saw something as you know uh tough love you know ended up doing me some good you know discipline maybe not wasn't fun to go through but like it made me who i am today and it made me uh someone that you know thanks my family for that you know my parents especially so you know i think that you know with all of that being said i'm i'm glad that we had this topic about family and i think that it's just important to kind of talk about the awareness that like there are families out there that maybe don't have the luxury because I consider what we have the luxury. Like we have, we have the blessing of having a close family and like, you know, people that even though we may not see eye to eye on, but there's still that unconditional love there. So, you know, I'm just, you know, I guess it's the whole point of this topic is I guess hopefully bring awareness and hopefully maybe help out a family out of this. So I thank you for, you know, being here today and being a part of, Uh, just spreading this awareness and uh, talking about families. Thank you for having me. I hope that if someone sees this that has a strange family or doesn't have family, you know, it's just kind of them by themselves. I hope it'll encourage them to start their own family, whether it be with friends or to get a significant other, a spouse. And, and that's the way to do it. Significant other turned into a spouse and then have babies and make your own family. Um, that's important, too. Yes, I love that. Yes, yeah, start, create your own family, whether that's with a wife, you know, children, friends, you know, all of that. Like, I love that. So anyways, everybody, I hope that y'all enjoyed this episode. And of course, like I said, listen to the outro to this video, because then you'll hear um, the new website name and like, you know, where you can find my website. So definitely be on the lookout for that. So anyways, this was a great start to season five. And I'm just so glad that um, we started off with a good topic. And I look forward to seeing everyone on the future episodes of Not Your Average Joel. So I uh, will see y'all later and have a great day. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Not Your Average Joel. My podcast is available not only on YouTube, but also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, and Pocket Cast. I also have a Facebook and Instagram page where you can reach out to me. On Facebook, just type in Not Drivers Joel and you should be able to find my Facebook page. You can find me on Instagram at Not Drivers Joel Podcast. I also now have a website where you can find all of my resources there, along with learning more about who I am and what my podcast is about. You can go to www.notdriversjoelpodcast.com. I've been in the world of podcasting for five seasons now, and I will never take this opportunity for granted. Thank y'all so much for your support, and I'll catch you on the next episode of Not Your Average Joel. Goodbye. <laughs>